Hey everybody, this is episode 6 of A Discourse About Gaming, our weekly video game podcast where Josh and I discuss the video game industry, maybe review what games we've been playing. New episodes are every Friday, rain or shine, there's always going to be a new episode. This week we're doing something a little different, so what happened was is we normally record Wednesday nights, but I just had tons of finals due that night and just to ease my mind to be able to get that homework done. We put off recording that night, so we're doing it Thursday instead. Uh, So Josh is going to be on the second half of this episode. What we decided to do is have me just go over the news with you guys, get that recorded, and then later tonight, Josh and I are going to record a tag on the end of this episode where we briefly talk about what we have been playing. Obviously, anything else that Josh might want to talk about is fair game. I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. We haven't recorded it yet. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, the amount of prep work we do for the show, I want to know what you guys think about how we structure the show. I don't want it to feel like it's just two guys sitting in front of a microphone and just rambling about whatever they feel like rambling about. Uh, I do worry that it feels that way sometimes. I know we should probably get better about that, but I want to know if you guys think that's an appealing part of the show, if that's entertaining, or if you wish we had a more structured, rigid segment like, okay, today this is the news segment this is the review segment we tried doing that on the first episode and we've been experimenting with sort of changing it up like just going right into the big news story the big topic of the week and just discussing that and then kind of just letting the show naturally progress from there um but yeah we're still learning how to do this we're still we're both pretty new to podcasting aside from the podcast i do with pierce and i but that's also pretty amateur as well you know we got we're not professionals at this obviously And so, yeah, let's get right into the news. So the big news of the week, there wasn't a top story this week to go over, but there was some interesting things that I think you guys would be interested in hearing. So the PlayStation 5 solid state drive, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I mentioned to Josh, you know, oh, it's got an 825 gig hard drive or a solid state drive my mistake not a hard drive it's got a 825 gig solid state drive and now i since that's such a weird number 825 gigs it's not a even you know 500 gigs or one terabyte 825 i was i was led to assume that that's the amount of usable storage for the system but it's not the actual what josh was saying is like no there's gonna be firmware on there and he was right so you'll get 768 gigs uh, on the actual hard drive, which is crazy. It's not a lot of storage. You know, I have a PS4 with a 500 gig hard drive, and it holds four, five games maybe, you know, because games now can be anywhere from 20 gigs to 100 gigs. You know, it seems like the rare oddity where a game is small. I think the most recent example, just this last week, uh... Star Wars Squadrons is a really small download size. It's about 20 gigs, I believe. Let me double check that. But I remember being surprised. I like bought it, 40 bucks, and within an hour, it was done. 22 gigs on PS4, 27 gigs on Xbox. That's pretty small compared to a lot of these games now. You know, you download Gears 5 on your Xbox, and it's like 100 plus gigs. It's ridiculous. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. You know, Warzone, that's the obviously the most famous offender. People talk about that endlessly. So the main thing I wanted to talk about with the solid state drive is we do have some news about 
um, buying expansions for it. So the solid state drive in the PlayStation 5 is a specific type of solid state. And it has a specific type of read speed. So you can't just put any solid state in there. That means you can't put uh, it's reasonable to assume you won't even be able to use or boot games off of an external hard drive or an external solid state, solid state because a lot of the games are going to be using this solid state drive in specific ways. The most notable noticeable example of that is in the new Ratchet and Clank game where they're warping, you know, between full levels instantly, just like from one full level to the next, and that's not really possible on modern hardware. I mean, by modern, I mean current gen. PlayStation 4, Xbox One. So Western Digital has announced its new SN850 solid-state hard drives are going to be compatible with PlayStation 5 because it has a read data that matches uh, PlayStation 5's... To be compatible with PlayStation 5, it has 7 gigs a second of data read. So the 500 gig and 1 terabyte options are $150 and $230 $230 so if you bought this 1 terabyte solid state to put in your console it's going to cost you 230 bucks and this is by the way I should mention this is not licensed by Sony this is just Western Digital releasing their new really fast solid state drives these are these are top of the line solid state drives um so one terabyte, that's not really an upgrade. You know, you're going from 825 gigs to one terabyte for $230. That's not really worth it. So if you want to expand that, they have a two terabyte option, which costs $449.99 US dollars. Yeah, that's very expensive, but it's worth remembering that over time, the prices will go down. But right off the bat, you know, you're not going to be able to expand your storage space. Uh, unless you want to pay the price of another PlayStation 5 console, it would be cheaper to just buy a second PS5 than it would be to buy a two terabyte solid drive stick, solid state stick that'll go in your console. Uh, moving on from that, there was a video that went semi-viral this week where the PlayStation 5 was shown off in its vertical and horizontal uh, proportions. And the reason why it went kind of viral was because Xbox posted a tweet in, like as a retort to it where they were saying, oh, if you want to turn your console from vertical to horizontal, you just tip it right over. It was sort of harkening back to that old E3 2013 video where Microsoft's E3 show, they were saying, oh, you, in order to sh- you can't share games. The system's always online. And they were making all these unpopular choices, you know, so Sony... <laughs> during Sony's press conference, they put up that video saying, oh, you want to share a game on PS4? Is this how you do it? And they played this little introduction, this, this little video saying how to share games on PS4. A little title graphic came up. And then Shuhei Yoshida just handed uh, Sean Layden, I think it was Sean Layden, I can't recall. Uh, he just handed him a PS4 game. He's like, thanks. So kind of throwing shade a little bit at Sony for this video specifically. So what Push Square says is you will be able to place the PlayStation 5 both vertically and horizontally straight out of the box. And the solution is a cool one no matter which way you go. So to place the console vertically, there's a screw that can be used to secure it in place, fully attaching the system to the stand. Now, if you see this video, it reminds me a lot of the PlayStation 2 Slim vertical stand. 
The PlayStation 2 Slim had a vertical stand that looks a lot like this. It's like a disc shape, and you would actually have to screw it into the base of the console. And I don't know how many people remember that. I remember I bought that vertical stand. I don't know why. I just thought it looked cool having the system vertical at the time. And now my entertainment center can't even my bleh. now my entertainment center can't even house a vertical system. You know, I'm gonna if when I get these new consoles, I'm gonna have to store both of them vertically. With the way my entertainment system, it's like shelves, really short shelves that won't even be able to hold a 12 foot system, 12 foot 12 inch tall system. Push Square goes on to say, Meanwhile, if you want to place the PS5 horizontally, there will be a small compartment inside the stand itself for you to place the screw in. Now, you don't have to worry about losing it should you decide to change your setup in the future. It's nicely tucked away in the stand, always there for when you need it. After generations of consoles having used pieces of sliding plastic to secure your systems, this definitely seems like the most fail-safe way to do it. Go moving on from that. So what I've been interested to see is the PlayStation 5's general interface, the UI. And we haven't seen it. It's very weird because the year the PS4 was coming out in 2013, we saw all sorts of videos of people loading in and out of Knack and whatever. <laughs> I remember there was a video where someone like jumped into playing Knack and then they booted out and they were messaging somebody and they jumped right back into the game and it was super smooth and seamless. And I remember seeing this video and just being mind blown because the PS3 was so slow, it was so clunky, and seeing a UI that was super fast and speedy was just amazing. Um, and I've been interested in seeing, you know, the, with the power of the PS5, if that's going to carry over into the PS5 and be faster. Because the PS4, my PS4 runs fine, but a lot of my friends tell me that over time their PS4s have become really slow and really bogged down. Uh, even if they do other methods where they like clear the cache, the system cache on the system, or reformat the drive, they just get old, and over time, they slow down. Um, and I would think that since this is a solid-state drive, the actual loading of in information won't slow down over time, since they just last longer. Over time, hard drives just get old and die. You know, Every five to ten years, I think they just get bad. And I've had a hard drive go bad on me before like that. So... In a preview published by Dengeki Online, they revealed that the Sony is keeping the user interface under wraps. So during this preview event where they played uh, Astro's Playroom and Godfall, they didn't allow attendees to look in the system's menus. It also blocked the create button from being used. So we don't know what features that will bring either. This is uh, all from PushSquare.com. So... From previous patents and interviews, we know that the PlayStation 5 will likely include an Alexa-style support system, while its uber-fast solid-state will allow you to jump to specific parts of a game rather than wait for its main menu to load, kind of, you know, saying, PlayStation, bring me to Knack level 2, and it'll just immediately load right into the second level of Knack. Furthermore, it sounds like this will be a much more social console than past PlayStations. Okay, so it's weird. It's weird that and I don't think I'm the only one who thinks this, it's just bizarre that they're not showing the user interface and that they're hiding it. I think it's very clear that it's not ready. <laughs> like, the actual interface isn't ready. Uh, someone made a post on Twitter a couple days ago saying that the PlayStation 5 was delayed, and I clicked on it, and it was a Rickroll, and I can't believe I fell for it. But I totally fell for it, because I really... It's honestly surprising to me that how little they've shown of these consoles and how late they've even gone on sale. And to add to that, 
there's another news story this week, jumping ahead just a little bit, where Sony expects, this is from IGN, Sony expects PlayStation 5 to sell more than PS4 did in its first fiscal year. Which is crazy to me, because it seems like people can't even find this damn thing. So, it's reasonable to assume that the demand for the PS5 is just higher than it was for PS4. And that they're actually making more PS5 consoles than they did uh, PS4. If you guys remember, back when the PlayStation 4 was coming out, a lot of journalists... No, I shouldn't say journalists. I should say analysts were predicting this is the last console generation. PS4, Xbox One, Wii U will be the last console generation. And I think the Wii U's poor sales kind of fueled into that. It fueled into people thinking, oh, yeah, poor sales. People just don't want new consoles. And then the PS4 comes out, and it sells well. And then Xbox One sells so poorly that we don't even really know how much it's sold. Microsoft hasn't actually released that information. But the PlayStation 4 sells well. But I remember that first year... And it felt like PlayStation 4 was kind of soft compared to... And it was just a feeling. It wasn't really backed by any data or sales numbers. But I remember all you had to play was Bloodborne um, in that first year. What else was there? I'm thinking back. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. There was some games, but like any first year of the console, there wasn't a lot. And at the same time, a lot of the mid-tier... I mean, this has kind of changed now, but at that time, a lot of mid-tier developers were closing. Or publishers, I should say. Like, THQ at the time was closing down, Pandemic was just closed down, Ensemble Studios owned by Microsoft had been closed down. A lot of these sort of uh, mid-tier, I guess Ensemble was AAA, but whatever. A lot of these mid-tier developers were gone, and so we really just had indie games and then the big tentpole AAA games. So I remember getting a PS4, and it was like, oh, I, all I played was Resogun and Metal Gear Solid, uh, what the heck was it called? Ground Zeroes. Uh, so yeah, it was like you either had big, massive AAA or little indie games. And that was kind of all we had on that system. And so I think because the way the industry looked at that time, a lot of people thought, oh, PS4 is not going to do as well as PS3. Um, especially since PS3 sold a lot less than PS2. I think people saw the decline of the video game console space where, and also mobile games are huge, but it wasn't true. PS4 has gone on to sell more than... 100 million units, which is just insane. Switch is doing really well. Xbox One apparently is doing well, even though they're not really talking about its uh, sales information. I'm sure it's around 50 million. It has to be. There's no way it's less than that. I'm just totally guessing. But yeah, we still haven't seen the interface of the PlayStation 5, and Sony expects it to do well. So I'll take them at their word. I expect I expect it to do well as also, I just don't know if we'll be able to find it. I'm really expecting a Switch-like situation, or a Wii-like situation, really, where the first, you know, six months to a year, you're just, like, talking to each other, like, oh, I saw Walmart has them right now, oh, I went into Target and they had stacks of them, whereas, you know, all your other friends are saying, oh, I've been everywhere and I can't find it, I can't order it online. So we'll see. I think it's possible after those first few launch months, you know, November and December, it'll probably be easier to find in January, February. I wouldn't be surprised if in January you'll be able to just walk into a store and grab it. I think with holidays coming up, it might be hard to find. My initial suspicion was that it wasn't going to sell well just because people don't have purchasing power right now. Especially, you know, speaking for me personally, my wife and I have sort of reduced hours. We work in hourly jobs, and our hours aren't, you know 
reduced to nothing, but they're reduced less than what it was before the pandemic started. And I know millions and millions and millions of other Americans are also feeling that same lack of purchasing power. And I really do think that it looks like a lot of people just want to buy the system anyway. Since they're stuck inside, I think people are saving up money for these uh, game systems. I think just, and I'm going, I'm basing this suspicion off the fact that the pre-orders are selling out right away. I think if the majority of Americans weren't able to afford this and weren't able to get it, the pre-orders would be stagnant and they'd still be up right now. You know, if they had several million pre-orders available to go, they wouldn't have sold out right away. That's my, that's my logic. You guys can agree, disagree. Josh might disagree. I don't know. But anyways, some more news. PlayStation Trophies got a big update last night. So if you're listening to this now, you can already see that Sony has changed the way uh, PlayStation Trophy levels work. Just go in and sync your trophies and you'll immediately see your new level. So this is from Push Square. This new system introduces a new set of levels, the trophy levels, going all the way up to 999. And trophy values have been adjusted at the same time. Now, for those not familiar with trophies, the way it works is you earn a trophy like you do achievements, but instead of an achievement point or achievement score, it's like a hidden trophy amount on the back end that contributes to your overall trophy level. Before this, I never really knew anybody to even care about the trophy levels just because it leveled up so small. Like, the increments were so small. So, like, most people were, like, between level 20 and 30 because the amount of trophies it took to level up in that space was just ridiculous. So they're expanding it to go from, you know, level zero to level 999. So now if you were level 29, now you'll be around level 382. And that's just an estimate from this article. They rearrange the trophy levels so that there's different, there's three different tiers of bronze trophies, three different tiers of silver trophies, three different tiers of gold, and then the platinum trophy, and they're all di- different points. Like a bronze trophy can be worth between one to three hundred points. Silver's three hundred to six hundred. Gold is six hundred to nine hundred ninety-eight points, and a platinum trophy is worth nine hundred and ninety-nine points that contributes to your level. So yeah, check it out, guys. See how what your level is now in comparison to what it used to be. Maybe compare your trophy levels to your friends. Um, in non-PlayStation news, if you guys have a Switch, the Pikmin 3 Deluxe Demo is now out. So, Pikmin 3 came out on the Wii U. Let me double check my facts here. It originally came out on the Wii U in 2013. I have been eagerly anticipating this game. I can't wait. I will happily pay $60 for this game. I know a lot of people are sort of lukewarm on the fact that it costs that much, but I do not care. I had even, there was a time where I debated just getting a refurbished Wii U back when they were, I think, what, 200 bucks? I think you could get a refurbished Wii U, maybe even 150 um, back in the day. And I debated getting one just so I could play Twilight Princess Remastered and especially Pikmin 3. I love the first pick, the first two Pikmin games. I really love the first one. I have a soft spot in my heart for that game. So Pikmin 3 Deluxe is coming on October 30th, and it's a remastered version of Pikmin 3 on the Wii U. And the demo's going up tonight, or I sh- it's already up. I'm reading this article from IGN saying it's going up tonight, but this was two days ago. Uh, the demo's up now, and the demo includes save data transfer, so you can carry your progress over to the full game when it's released. So check it out if you're interested in Pikmin 3, or even if you've never played a Pikmin game, try it. They're really fun. Kind of, uh, it's hard to describe. I always loved the first one, being able to replay it in that 30-day time frame, but I don't think this 
third one has a time limit because the second one didn't either. But it's basically uh, it's kind of got it's, it's hard to describe. <laughs> you you're a little spaceman. You run around and pick up Pikmin on the level, and the Pikmins have different abilities. And you're sort of going around these levels, defeating enemies and gathering up materials for your ship. I don't know if the third game's like that or if it's different or how it changes it up. But yeah, they're great games. I'm excited to play this third one. I'm going to try out the demo. Um, Yeah, and so try out the demo. And then once the full game comes out, you'll be able to just transfer all that save data over with uh, no time wasted. Uh, Some slightly less video game news, but video game related, something I'm very excited about. Universal Studios Japan, their Super Nintendo World is opening in spring 2021. You guys should check out some of these pictures. It's crazy looking. It's a theme park area in Universal Studios Japan, and it looks like a 3D Nintendo, uh, 3D Mario game. It looks amazing, and it's super impressive. I'm a huge fan of theme parks. Me and my wife are huge fans of Disneyland and Disney World. We're really bummed about not having been able to go since uh, February. But yeah, this looks incredible. If I ever do go to Japan, I am definitely thinking about going to Universal Studios Japan. It looks really cool. You guys should check out the pictures online. Other news, Cyberpunk 2077, the full map has leaked online. If you guys like video game leaks, check it out. It was on IGN. Um, The map looks huge. The... I'm going to cut this out. I don't fucking care about Cyberpunk. In other news, so this is the main topic I wanted to talk about for my half of this episode. So Xbox's Phil Spencer, the uh, bigwig head of Xbox at Microsoft, he's not sure if 8K, you know, 8K resolution will ever be standard in video games. This is from IGN. Xbox Phil Spencer has said that he isn't sure if 8K resolution will ever be standard for video games, calling it aspirational technology. Talking to Wired, Spencer said, I think 8K is aspirational technology. The display capabilities of devices are not really there yet. I think we're years away from 8K being, if it ever is, standard in video games. So 8K resolution is 7,680 pixels by 4,320. So it's 7680 by 4320. You know, your standard home TV is 1980 by 1080. That's way less pixels than an 8K TV. Now, I think Phil Spencer's right on the money, and I wanted to talk about this just because there's a lot of miscommunication, a lot of misleading marketing and advertising about the differences between 1080p, 4K resolution, and 8K resolution. And I know the majority of people, when they hear 4K and 8K, their eyes just immediately glaze over, and they're like, I don't care. (laughs) Like, I do not care. 1080p looks amazing. I don't care about 4K. I don't care about 8K. And I think people are right to think that. Um, I know some, you know, video files out there are probably hearing me and thinking, what? What the heck? 4K is essential. You have to have 4K. Um, You don't. I have a 4K TV. And I've done a little bit of research into, you know, the amount of information you can even tell between 1080p and 4K. Now, most people can't even tell the difference between 1080p and 4K, let alone 8K. So the reason why is because the way resolution works is it's simply the amount of information you're getting on that screen. You know, it's just simply the amount of pixels you're getting. And sometimes you on a if you have a 40-inch TV, you don't need more than 1080p on a 40-inch. Honestly, 
it's debatable if you even need 1080p. You can have 720 on a 20-inch monitor and it looks just fine. You don't need 4K on a TV that size. Now, 1080p resolution looks amazing and essential on pretty much any device. Even your iPhone, 1080p resolution looks a lot better than 720p. It looks much more sharp. There's more information you can see. You know, we have amazing displays now. But there is a point of no return with the amount of information you're getting. It gets to the point where, well, how much more information do you even need to see and can your eye even detect it and i think to a lot of people saying that 4k and 8k is overrated and you don't need it sounds like back in 2005 when nintendo was like no our wii video game console doesn't need to be high definition and they were wrong you know hd caught on way faster than what nintendo had anticipated but the thing is with High definition, there is a massive jump from 480p to 1080p. Even just 480p to 720p, there's a big jump in information that you're getting on the screen. You know, I've been playing, I just finished getting all 120 stars in Super Mario Galaxy on the Switch, and seeing that game in 1080p looks phenomenal compared to what it was in 480p or 480i if you didn't have the right cables interlaced resolution. Just seeing it in 480i compared to 1080p on a big 60-inch TV, it's just a massive difference. I remember playing uh, Wii games on a 40-inch TV back in the day, a 40-inch HDTV, and they look terrible. They, even just even back then, uh, I have a 60-inch TV now, but even playing on a 30-inch or 40-inch TV back then, it was like, man, this does not look good. And I remember the biggest thing, the, so the biggest thing with resolution is it's just the amount of, inf- like I've said before, it's the amount of information you're getting on the screen. So, the way you can really see this is Super Smash Brothers on the Wii and Super Smash Brothers on the Wii U and the Switch. So, Super Smash Brothers on the Wii was hard to play for people on any monitor smaller than 40 inches, 50 inches, because the lack of information allowed the screen to just be cluttered. Everybody's fighting. I remember when that game came out, everybody kept talking about, wow, it's hard to see what's going on. Uh, just because the resolution was so low. Whereas now when you play Super Smash Brothers on a Switch, you can play it on your tiny handheld and there's no issues. You can play it handheld on the Switch, but because it's 720p resolution, you have the necessary information to make out the difference between the characters and the items and whatever's flying around on the screen. And that's mainly what I wanted to say was just, there is no way that 8K will ever be standard. And honestly, I don't even think 4K is even going to be standard, except for the fact that you can't find a TV that isn't 4K capable now. So, like, I think everybody at some point soon will have a 4K TV. Whether they even use that is, you know, totally up in the air, because in order to utilize 4K resolution on a 4K TV, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, but you have to have a special high-speed HDMI cable, you have to have certain settings enabled on your TV to have 4K or HDR, You also have to have it plugged into the right HDMI port on your TV, and a lot of this isn't explained to anybody. No one's educating anybody on the ins and outs of the way this works. But honestly, it doesn't really matter that much, because beyond 1440p, you can't really tell, unless you have a 90-inch monitor. And this is from, uh, I was doing some Googling, and uh, on ThunderboltLaptop.com, they have a little blurb saying, if using displays up to 60 inches, you can't see the difference between 4K and 8K. You need a screen about 100 inches in size 
to even tell the difference between 4K and 8K. Otherwise, you have to sit right up to an 8K display to even see the extra detail that you're missing. And I know 8K is a big thing for video games. A lot of people are thinking, oh, this is going to be the next big step from 4K. How many people do you know that even have a 4K computer monitor? You know, a lot of people are still using 1080p monitors. There's really no reason to have a monitor that big in front of your face for a computer. But for TVs, I mean, you can buy 8K monitors now, but they're really expensive. They're up to $4,000. And sometimes they're only, you know, 32 inches in size. I'm looking at this one right here, this Dell UltraSharp 32-inch 8K monitor. Like, you can't see <laughs> those extra pixels. I guarantee if you're going from 4K to 8K, you can't tell. You can't tell the extra information you're getting. But yeah, so if you have a 1080p TV, don't feel bad because you don't really need a 4K TV. It's very overrated, and honestly, most movies are shot in 2K, which is a close analog to 1080p. You know, most movies are shot in lower resolution than 4K now. Most movies are shot digitally, they're shot in 2K, and the main reason is because it's cheaper to do all these visual effects in this lower 2K resolution instead of mastering them all in 4K. But I think that's it for me. I think we'll jump into the segment with me and Josh. We're back. Josh is here now. I'm here. Well, I'm not here or there. Or am I? Right. I, I don't know. Is he here? What, what, <laughs> where, where am I? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this episode remotely, but people probably can't even tell if we hadn't said anything. Oh, whoops. Just spoiled it. Just spoiled it. Restart. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Show must go on. Yep. Um, but yeah, I figured we could talk about what we're playing. I've been playing a lot of stuff, especially today. I played a bunch of different games. And I mean, I know last week you played, you had a big list of games that you played. Yeah, is, is today your day off? You got to play a bunch of games today? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, today's one of my days off. I have a smaller list uh, this week. Uh, so if you want to go over what you've been playing, or. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll just go over what I've been playing. So. The main thing I played today was Doom Eternal, and that game is just... I played it a little bit last week. I played like the first one or two levels, Mm -hmm. so I didn't have... I don't think I had anything. No, yeah, because it came out a week ago, so I haven't talked about it on the podcast at all yet, Mm -hmm. but it's really fun. Yeah, it came out last Friday, yeah, so... Yeah, that's right. So... It's really, really fun. It's a lot like the first game, but it... So, like, the first game, the whole... uh, concept of it was oh, okay it's a shooter it's like the old classic doom mm-hmm. but you know you played it it's like yeah. you're just constantly moving you're trying to chain your not really chain attacks but you're trying to just constantly be moving and shooting and always doing something it's, yeah as soon most as you of not the do levels s- look the same too say so what in the first game i felt like most of the levels looked the same until you got yeah, about halfway yeah. through with the spoilers that's what I was going to say about the second game is Doom Eternal. Like the environments are really varied. Nice. It's very weird because it has a hub world. And I know that's been like a Bethesda thing lately. I know Wolfenstein Youngblood had a hub world and everybody hated it. Huh? But Doom Eternal has a hub world, but it works okay. I don't know if it was really necessary. Is it a you, ship? Like, are you on? Yeah, a ship? Okay. you're like in this ship and you're kind of overseeing Earth and you're kind of the... Uh. The story's weird. I don't fully... I don't know if I fully understand it. I guess I need to look, read the codexes or whatever, but it seems like the story is kind of you're leading a one-man resistance arm. Like, just you're leading a one-man fight against 
like all these demons Damn. overtaking Earth. That's confidence right there. Yeah, <laughs> but you have you're in like the ship, and every are humans almost, on Earth still alive? No, there's no visible humans. I'm a, it. It makes it sound like there's like little radio broadcasts you can listen to on the ship where it talks about like the status of Earth and everything. So I assume there are people, but I think the areas you're in are just overrun with demons. I forget if, if Doom Guy is Doom Guy a human? I I think so. I don't okay. remember. The main I think thing he about just the has game a cool is suit. Yeah, it's like the main thing with the game is that none of that matters. The yeah. story doesn't really matter. It's just you're <laughs> just running around just killing these big grotesque disgusting demons in and the, the game way, right? Yeah. And this game even more so than the first game, the way the enemies what I've been really impressed with is the and people have, I've heard people talk about it already, but I was actually really blown away with like the technology, the engine and everything. Mm-hmm. I forget what they call it. Id Tech 7, I think, is the name of the engine. But yeah, when you shoot enemies, like bits of them will fly off. Nice. And yeah, it's really, really fluid and smooth. And I'm playing it on the 1X, but I'm reading on Reddit from other people playing it because game, like so many people are so many people are playing it now because of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. People are saying it runs great on every system. Like it runs perfectly smooth, 60 frames, looks yeah. amazing. I was like surprised the, the, the first there. one. I, I can imagine because the first one was beautiful. Like everything yeah. about it was so smooth. The 60 frames, every, like it did not stutter at all. Yeah. Uh, I remember, yeah, I just remember that experience being amazing. So I can imagine that the second one's even better. Yeah, there's a lot of, I don't see, it's been a long time since I played the first game. But I don't remember there being so much platforming. There was the first there, one okay, had yeah. very very minimal, and I felt like the first one, the platforming was more for finding hidden areas or secret areas. Yeah, uh, it wasn't as bad. There was some more intense platforming towards the end of the game. I remember, you know, in the yeah. depths of hell. But spoilers, uh, you kind of go, go to hell. Spoiler, yeah. <laughs> in Doom, you go to hell. Yeah. So. In uh, Doom Eternal, the platforming's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not difficult. And if you die, you just immediately respawn. Yeah. There is a live system. I'm playing on normal, and the fights are challenging. Like, I die a fair amount, but the more you play, the better you get. Hmm. Um, but even on normal, it's challenging. It's pretty tough. Yeah, you but the Go ahead. Yeah, the platforming isn't that difficult and crazy. There is a, some little mini jumpings and platforming things you have to do just for the story but then yeah you can use the map to see all the extra hidden stuff and there's a lot there's tons of hidden things yeah i really recommend people check it out it's really good is the platforming alongside uh the combat areas or is it separate no it's separate okay it's really it's actually kind of i like the way they've set it up because it's kind of like destiny raid where like in a destiny raid you have your you know your fighting uh section but yeah it's section it does have an element of that. There's pretty much no enemies when you're doing the platforming sections. The enemies just show up in the actual encounters themselves. Like arenas. And the encounters, yeah, the encounters in the arenas, they're specifically designed areas to fight enemies. That's awesome. And they're all designed with that intention. Like there's like, you know, poles you could swing on and stuff you could jump. Like there's all designed to be fun areas to fight enemies in Mm -hmm. and so the game never feels overwhelming because you don't feel like you're trying to do this complex jump double jumps like dash platforming move while enemies are shooting at you yeah you know you're not trying to progress through the environment is it it similar to the first game 
where kind of a metroidvania style is it similar in that way where you you kind of you see an area it's like oh wait you can't go there yet uh you have to go get three different skulls you know um is it similar to that or is that going to be a spoiler no it's not i mean i don't remember the first game being metroidvania like i know it had the the things where you had to like open doors and stuff like that yeah i guess it wasn't it wasn't as you know uh intense as or as deep as a metrovania but it was i remember getting to an area this one area and i could choose uh to go in three different directions i remember oh if i it was like i think it's the first time spoilers here if you haven't played the first doom but the first time you go to hell uh and you have to escape hell i i remember there being a big open area and then i had to I can go either towards the blue skull, towards the yellow skull, or towards the red skull, or something like that. Right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it was. But yeah, it, it is very linear. I mean, when you linear. go down a, yeah, and the, but it branches off just for little extras and secrets. But I've gotten most of the secrets. Wow. As far as like collectibles, they're not hard to. The collectibles aren't aren't hard to find, and they're fun. Until you see them on the map, and you're trying to figure out how to get them. Yeah. Um, and the collectibles do some stuff for the game too like you can find cheat codes that you can use for when you replay the game i just found an infinite ammo cheat code on the nice. there was in a that, secret place that's right the, but um i remember the cheat codes in the first one you find little uh bobbleheads i think it was yeah kind of kind of like fallout i guess that's a bethesda thing but yeah it was like a little bobblehead that you can find and it gave you this cool ability you know infinite ammo or you know yeah so. But the main core gameplay loop of the, like the combat is just having all, there's so many different systems and unlockables. It's almost overwhelming. People could play it and see for themselves. But yeah, there's all the game slowly over the course of the first hour or two kind of gives you more and more stuff. Like there's so many things to unlock. There's the the weapon perk upgrades and then the perks have their own little subsystem of unlocks that are unlocked with their own specific points that you earn for completing enemy uh-huh. encounters. That's cool. And then there's hidden runes you can find in the environment. There's hidden like weapon or I'm sorry, armor upgrades you can find in the environment and those have their own unlocks. Like there's tons. There's probably like six or seven different systems of unlocking. Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of stuff and, to collect. And, and each one it's, does something, uh, you know, productive for your. Yeah. And right? they all, yeah, they all feel like they do something and yeah, people should play it if they, haven't yet it's really i good. mean it's free on game pass right it's included in yeah. your game pass is it included on uh pc game pass or is that just an xbox game Pass? no it's just xbox i checked i looked it Bummer. Was just PC. sorry Scott. Or just xbox sorry brother yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, i'm I mean, sure you yeah. know it's going to come to pc eventually because this is uh microsoft well, it's on pc well the uh, on game yeah. pass you know yeah, yeah. If, especially if it's already on pc to buy it like uh, microsoft bought bethesda they're not going to let it sit on uh just on xbox that's right? true so that's there. true they might bring it yeah the other thing i've been playing i played a little bit today is super mario 35 oh on switch have you played uh, it at all yeah this will be a little crossover because i that's what i played mostly this week oh really? <laughs> i didn't play it a ton i pro- i probably only played it for 
half hour to an hour before I started making dinner today, and yeah. it was really fun. I am I suck so yeah, no, horribly. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I, good. I thought either. I was good at. I thought I was okay at Mario. You know, like I've played. I've played Mario before. I've heard of this game, Mario. Like uh, you know, I've been I've been around a little bit in gaming, but no, dude, people are nuts with that game. Especially yeah, if no, I mean, you want to go over just like how that explain explain what Mario uh, thirty five is. It's easiest to explain if you've played Tetris 99. Yes. Um, If you play Tetris 99, you basically know what it is. It's a battle royale game, but it's with you and 35 other players, and you're going through a level from Super Mario Brothers One. I mean, multiple levels if you progress. But the idea is that everyone, everyone's, everyone starts at the same level, right? Everyone starts at the same level. And everyone's going through these levels and killing enemies, and then the enemies are being used to attack or to put those enemies in your your uh, human enemies game. But you have to kill enemies. You have to kill enemies to keep your time limit up. If you just sit there, eventually you're going to run out of time and you die. Similar to Tetris 99, if you guys have played that, basically in Tetris 99 when you would... Uh, when you would erase a line, when you'd complete a line, right, and it disappears, that line would go get sent, and you could send it to four different uh, areas, I believe. But you could, yeah. or you could send it to a specific person if you want individually. But you send that line to the person's puzzle, and it bumps their puzzle up. And in that same way, if you jump on uh, an enemy's head that's in your game, which is a normal, uh, colorful enemy, right, normal colored, and then uh, it will send that enemy that you just killed to a different player's screen, so then they have to deal with that enemy. So right. if you're sit, the problem with the, not the problem, but the intense part about the game is if you're sitting around, um, and not really progressing, your screen's going to fill up. And and when it comes, when an enemy uh, comes to your screen, when like when an enemy player sends an enemy to your screen, it's grayed. It's like grayed out, right? So. The normal enemies that would have been there are just the brown little mushrooms, right? Uh, But then the enemies that got sent, that got added to your game, uh, are all in, are like grayed out. So you can see, but I was at one point, I had, it felt like hundreds of of those characters on my screen. (laughs) I, I, at one point, I think I did like a seven, seven or eight like hops in a row, just like hop, 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 like hopping on their, all their heads. (laughs) I I was impressed by it, but yeah, it's an intense game. Very intense. Yeah. It's fun. I have, I'm haven't done very well at it. I I haven't, have you won a game at all? No. So the, the closest I got was 17th place. So I guess half. So I've, I survived half the enemies, I guess, but it is, it is difficult because you get, because people are good at platformers and especially Mario. So people are, there's pros out there that, that have probably never stopped playing since the eighties. And, uh, yeah, there's, well, it's a different type. You're not just, I mean, cause I've played all, I think, yeah, I played every 2d Mario game, but it definitely Um, benefits you to know these levels. Maybe I, yeah. I saw, I, mean, I saw some people going to like so. I after you die, you could kind of watch people, enemies. Uh, you know, you could watch the game play out. And I did that one time, and people were going into secret areas that I oh, forgot yeah. existed and all that. And you know, they don't and, function. They don't function the same way they do in the main game. Like I went, um, 
in level one two you can hop up and go over the the brick on the top and you can go past the exit and there's some warp pipes over there but they the warp pipes only led to level one four they didn't go you know beyond world one for me mm-hmm. so i don't really know how that works or maybe it's because i haven't unlocked those worlds you know how their levels are like blocked off when you first start yeah, it, you just have one one to choose from. That's kind of the hook of the game is unlocking every level cuz yeah. I, I forget how many levels there are, but um I only have the first two unlocked cuz that's as or the first three unlocked because that's yeah, as far too. as I've gone cuz it's difficult to get further than that, you know. Uh I feel like past 17 like past 15 uh players left it's just a different level of skill, you know? It, yeah. The I, time limit really messes with my head. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause I mean, Mario games have a timer, but they're usually, they're pretty generous. Yeah, like 900 seconds or something. Yeah. You got like five minutes and this yeah. it's like, boom, you got 30 seconds. And if you don't start killing enemies now, you're going to run out of time. So you can't just leisurely skip the enemies and beat the levels. You have to keep trying to kill the enemies. Yeah. And you can get similar to, the original Mario, you can get, or I guess different Marios, you can get the power-ups, right? So you can get the power-ups naturally in level, like you normally would by hitting a box, a question mark box or whatever. But yeah. uh, I noticed there was another mechanic where if you killed enough enemies, you can basically uh, roll a box. Uh, you, you, I think you hit X, and then it starts rolling uh, kind of a random rolled box and then you hit x again to like jump up and hit it and right. and it and it stops on whatever it is and a few of those are like the what is it pow right like it, <laughs> it you get the pow yeah. box and it kills all the enemies on the screen or um you a can star a star yeah flower yeah the fire flower yes oh the oh man so that f- fire flower is probably key to winning that game, or at least it gives you less. It gives you less time, though. Did you notice that? Oh, does it? Yeah. So you kill enemies, it's harder or it's easier to kill enemies. So it gives you less time. Yeah, it only gives you one oh, second. Oh, dude, that's what. Okay, that's probably what was happening. <laughs> I was timed out a couple times. I thought I was doing well, but I I was timed out a couple times. It was so that yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, if you look at closely, uh, it says like plus one seconds or whatever when you kill them with the fire flower, just because it's so easy to kill and people it's with that. Three seconds if you jump on their head, I think. Yeah, two or three. I forget what it is. I've seen two. I've seen three. Yeah. It might be the enemy type. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I've been playing. I want to play um, the Pikmin Three Deluxe demo is out. Oh wait, wait, wait! Uh, before you move on, what? What do you like better? Do you like Tetris 99 or uh, Mario 35? Um, I don't know. Probably. I mean, Mario 35 just, I mean, they both feel really interesting and unique. Yeah. Isn't, aren't they shutting down Mario 35 in March? Yeah, yeah that was one of the things they announced, which I hope, they, happening? I hope they turn back on it because yeah. if there's a high attach, attach rate to this game and you shut it down from millions of players or you know, hundreds of thousands of players. I mean, it could be millions. We don't know. I mean, it could be. I mean, Mario, I'm sure. Imagine all the Switch, all the people that bought Switches over the course of COVID-19, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone staying at home for, for Animal Crossing and whatnot, right? Uh, all those people now just have a free game popping up on their Nintendo Switch, right? And it, you have to have Nintendo Switch online. So I guess it's kind of dependent on if people are paying the 20 bucks for the online 
right per yeah. year which is super cheap i don't know it's a, it's a no-brainer for me to pay 20 bucks a year you know yeah but uh and you get all these <laughs> you get tetris 99 you get the mario 35 and then you get all the nes and super nes games uh that no, are released so it is def and you could play what uh other games online too right Oh yeah, it just allows you to play online in general. Yeah, so I think it's a good deal for twenty bucks, and and so anyone that has that, I, I'm, I would be curious to see the attach rate of Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, yeah, because I, <laughs> I know there's still there's got to be a million plus people playing Tetris ninety nine because I get into those matches within seconds, and I still get into those matches ever since it's you know came out. And there's I, probably a hundred thousand or more, and there has to be. I doubt it's millions. You don't think so? I mean, te- I mean Tetris, Tetris. I guess maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if, if this console sold fifty million plus, right? We're at sixty million. I don't know. True. It, it yeah, could a, it could be a million or two. I don't know at any given it moment because be. it's a worldwide system, right? <laughs> the online and everything. It, I mean, Among Us is also like a worldwide phenomenon, and that hits a million on Steam. A million, weekend, so. yeah, uh, just on Steam though, not not on. Uh, phone, mobile, which, yeah, that's true. Well, imagine mobile. I don't. Mobile's got to be. Yeah, it might be more. Yeah. Multi-million. So, anyways, I, so you're you think they're both unique for what they are? Yeah, and I'm. I I don't know. I I personally like the Mario one more so far. I've, I haven't played it as much. I like it a lot. It's interesting. I'm gonna keep playing it, and checking it out. Yeah, I want to trying to win. I feel yeah. I feel like I'm kind of determined to, to win get one. better. Yeah, to win. Like I just I, if I could get top ten, I'd be satisfied for now. And then I, I'm sure <laughs> once I hit top ten, I'll want to win, right? Yeah. But I, as long if I could break that top ten, I'd be. I feel like I would be satisfied. But I also the hook of earning all the levels at least unlocking yeah. all the levels that'd be really cool to do too i so it seems impossible <laughs> it, it really does i wonder if there's anyone that's i mean i'm sure there's people who have done it but that sounds you would have to survive a long time but i heard yeah. these a lot of people some of the main complaints i've heard about it is it's going on a uh, like 25 to 30 minutes per match wow uh, some some matches 40 minutes because people are so damn good at platforming uh, they just stay alive and the t- they keep the timer going. So I'm sure they might fix that eventually because that's the one thing I liked about Tetris 99 is I can jump into a match and and be done within five minutes and sometimes even win within five minutes, you know? Yeah. Uh, depending on how bad other people are. But I think Tetris uh, overall is a more simpler, more effective concept to do Battle Royale. I think it probably yeah, works better. It's more accessible. But accessible. Mario, it's just, Mario 35 is just so weird. Yeah, it's wonky. Yeah, it, <laughs> compared, compared to most Battle Royales, yeah. Yeah, I was, Super Mario Battle when they, Royale. When they announced that, I was like, wait, how? How, yeah. how would they do that? <laughs> but they, I feel like they pulled it off, honestly. I, I'm, not yeah, saying, it's good. I'm not saying game of the year or anything, but this is definitely a, a game worth checking out. Uh, Tetris 99 was my favorite game. <laughs> Probably my most played game on Switch underneath... Uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've I've played a ton of hours in a. Uh, I think it's like forty, fifty plus hours just in Tetris ninety nine. Yeah, because uh, it's one of those games you could just easily jump into. And hey, you're obsessed with that game. Oh, I love it. It's just <laughs> it's the it's the game you need when when you're you just beat The Last of Us. Something so intense and so heavy. 
and you're like, oh, I just want to like turn my brain off for a little bit and literally jump in for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally, I've, cause I usually play like if I'm waiting, if my wife and I want to watch a show on Netflix or whatever, uh, you know, I'll just pop in handheld and play Tetris 99 for a match or two, you know, while I'm waiting, um, stuff like that, you know, Oh, you know, dinner's almost ready or whatever. Uh, yeah. you could just jump in, you know? So it, it's one of those easily to access games. Uh, same with Mario 35 kind of worries me. Cause I mean, I suck at it. So my matches are five minutes or less, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I could see if you get better and better, it'd be, yeah, you kind of have to commit more time to it. But yeah. I, honestly, I, I think I'm with you. I, I like both for different reasons. I think that this is a, a big win for Nintendo, uh, just bringing the attachment attach rate back, you know, with all these uh, consoles coming out. I think, and I've spoken on this before. I think that's why they did this is is put the time limit. I think they did that on purpose for like, hey, remember us? You know, I know these new consoles are coming out, but <laughs> Nintendo, we, yeah. still, we still exist, and you could only play this game until March. You know, trying to get people to you know buy. 3D All Stars and then uh, and then this game, I, I I could see that could be their plan, you know. I wonder if they'll go back on the time limit. I really I like really, in January they'll be like, nah, it's available forever. Yeah, <laughs> they, just kidding. They really should. The only reason I would see them not doing that, uh, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like why yeah. would you take that. Attached game, yeah, successful game. Why would you just take that away? I don't know. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Anyways, yeah, what, other what you gonna say Pikmin. Yeah, so the what I mentioned on the first half of the show is that the Pikmin Three Deluxe, which comes out October thirtieth, there's a demo out on Switch now. Uh, came out last night, and so it'll be up if you're listening to this now. Uh, but you download that demo, and it's one of those demos where the your saves will transfer to the oh, full game when it comes out. So yeah. smart. Yeah. So the demo is like the first, you know, hour of the game or whatever, however long it is. Is it a time um, demo or a level? Uh, I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Oh, okay. but I was going, I was going to play it before this, but I didn't have time. Okay. But yeah, I'm excited to play that and check that out. That comes out. That's already out right now. That's already out now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I'll have to try that. I've never played a Pikmin game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm. Ass- I don't know. I haven't played it, so I'm assuming it's like the other Pikmin games, which is you know you run around and gather materials for your ship to repair it with the little Pikmin dudes. It's fun. <laughs> it's got a strategy element to it. I felt so lost playing the Pikmin dude on uh, Smash. Smash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I tried him for like two seconds. I was like, nope. Can't. Yeah. I, I don't know how do you how do you even attack? I don't. Yeah, he's a hard character to play in Smash. Yeah, so he's I don't. Weird. How do you know anything about the full game? If uh, it's like, what are the moves and stuff? Like, what do you do? <laughs> you said you pick up stuff. Part. What of do you your do? Hip, but, but like, what's the the actual gameplay of uh, attacking and stuff? Well, in the first two, so I can't speak to the third one, but in the first two, you're so the basic concept of the first one is your ship crashes on this weird alien planet Mm -hmm. and you go around and you find that there's these little native the little pikmin creatures and you're pulling them out of the ground and collecting them and each color does something different and you're taking the pikmin and you're collecting them so you'll come up to an object that has like a number on it like a number 10 that means you need 
10 Pikmin hmm. to pick it up. So you'll trying to divvy up your Pikmin and, you know, throw your Pikmin at these objects to have them pick them up and carry it back to your ship. And they carry it like ants, you know, like ants hmm. carry a leaf or whatever. Yeah. So that's basically it. It was, I mean, it's, you're like in this giant garden environment. You're like ants. That's what it feels like. It's like you're controlling these little ant armies. How and there's, en- there's enemies and stuff. You f- there's enemies and they okay, kill you. Enemies. And okay. you, c- you have to like throw your Pikmin at the enemies and they huh. attack them. Yeah, it's do, cute. It's sad when they die. And oh, yeah. do do the enemies have the same number system where you need you know three Pikmin to kill this enemy? Or? Yeah, you'll need like a good amount to kill certain enemies. Okay. I don't know if it says the number on the enemy. It's been so long since I played them. Yeah, but yeah, they're fun. They're weird, but sounds wacky. Yeah, it's got like an RTS vibe to it. Hmm. Yeah, the first game had like, a time limit on it, which oh, wow. I. People hated it, but I kind of liked it because it meant you, I don't know, it wasn't, you know, it's not a roguelike, but it has that element to it because you're, I would just keep replaying the game to try and beat it faster. Time limit on each level or the entire game? Each level and the game. So it was like you had a certain amount of time to be like, it was like day one and then you spent day one doing whatever you felt like and you had 30 days to beat the game. If you didn't beat the game by day 30, you failed and had to restart. Oof. the whole game but it's not it wasn't that long you could beat the game pretty easily but it was fun to try and beat it faster and faster isn't that similar to persona isn't no because it's yeah there's a day system in persona but there's no limit it's just i thought it like moves on to another season or a semester or something it does but it moves on by you doing actions so like you could just stand there forever and the time will never progress Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, time doesn't like flow naturally like a Time is attached to actions. Yeah, yeah you okay. spend time by doing an action. Okay, that makes sense. Persona. So you might have to pass up certain that's where the hook is, I guess, right? You yes. Pass it's about up what something. you do. Yeah. You have to make decisions. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm n- I don't know. I I've never played a Pikmin game, so I I have zero idea what I'm going to jump into. <laughs> yeah. Check out the demo then just cuz it's yeah. free and it's probably short. Yeah, might as well. What have you been playing this week? So I've been playing... I've Not as much as I did last week, but I jumped into a couple things. I uh, jumped back into Knack. <laughs> I forgot you were playing. Played that for like an hour or two. Uh, it's... it. My updated report on it is it fucking sucks. Whoa, it, what it the is, heck? It is the worst game ever made. Wow. And now, okay, now that's a little dramatic, but ba- basically, uh, I see why people were so frustrated with it because it has the potential of being such a cool game, like a, a cool concept. Um, but its execution is awful. I'm only on like the fourth mission. Uh, and what's so bad about it? Because I always hear people say it's just so mediocre. Which is why I was surprised last week when you said it was decent. It was. So what's so bad so about it? The hook into the game is is really decent because it's so ridiculous, and the uh, yeah the, the beginning levels worked with the mechanics. But I see why people are so frustrated with it, and why I got frustrated this week is because those mechanics only get you so far, and they don't really. You don't like upgrade your guy that much like 
I mean, I'm only maybe four levels in, so maybe there is some type of upgrade later, but I feel like I have the moveset that I'm going to have. Um, and the certain type of movement, like the way that knack moves, uh, and with the fixed camera, which is super frustrating, like the right analog stick is dodge. So like you click it or you hit the right analog stick in a certain direction, it'll dodge that way, right? Like a quick dodge, that, that quick dodge, uh, it actually hurts me a lot because I feel like it's different every time. Like sometimes it goes further than other times. And then, um, and then when enemies swing at me, it's because of the camera angles, you can't quite tell if you're out of the way yet. So like, there's been times where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm out of the way. And then I get hit. And in this game, if you get hit, uh, it's like two hits and you're, and you're dead and you got to restart. I don't know. Yeah. What, and that's on normal. I'm playing on normal. I could have went with easy, but I thought normal would have been fine for a silly platformer. But uh, it's just very punishing in that way. It, it punishes you in ways where uh, I'll be jumping, trying even just like going between uh, uh, areas where enemies are, I get frustrated because I'm trying to jump and you think it's supposed, you know, it's supposed to work in a certain way. Like you've, we've played platformers before where it's like, yeah, if I jump and I move like this, it's going to grab the ledge and I'm going to be pulled up or, or I'm going to land right here. If I, you know, if I jump like this, but it just doesn't work in the way you expect it to work. So even just going between the things, I'm like getting frustrated. Like, why am I not jumping up here? Why can't I jump up here? Um, And then they do, there's no balance in the game. So an enemy will hit you, the same enemy will hit you like three times and then you're dead. But then that same enemy, you go back and try to kill him and he'll do some like super move and kill you in one shot. So there's no consistency (laughs) with the enemy. So you can't really learn because some enemies they'll have a bow, but then they'll swing their bow and spin and, and hit you with it and it kills you in one shot. So there's no consistency in, in trying to learn what enemies do uh, to actually get better against them. I felt like I would be stuck on a part for a couple, like a good, you know, two minutes doing the same part over and over the same, like three enemies, um, and I keep responding like 10 or 15 times. Uh, and then I rage quit it and then come back <laughs> later and I, I kill them instantly. So I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, okay. I get why everyone's frustrated with it though. Um, I'm on a boss level right now. I'm at the end of chapter four or three or something. And, uh, and this boss shoots rockets at you that kill you in one hit, but you have no cover because the cover gets destroyed when the rocket tries to hit you. I, and <laughs> I don't know. The, le- <laughs> the level levels aren't designed well. Uh, boss battles are kind of just meh. Nothing, yeah. no, nothing about it. I think the I think the beginning of the game was cool. And I think that's why I was stoked on it. Because I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, these moves are cool. What are you going to do next? What? Yeah. How how is this game going to take me and challenge me? And, and besides the, I don't like the challenge of being frustrated by your own mechanics. You know, yeah. I, the mechanics should be aiding me to do better against the game, against the enemies, not being the thing that's hindering me from becoming better, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm I like, it sucks. Yeah. I'm bummed out. Uh, cause I was I'm not playing that. <laughs> honestly, I got to just delete it. I, 
I have this weird <laughs> thing where I'm like trying to beat. I'm trying to. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to beat all the PlayStation exclusives because I'm. You know, it's like, why did I buy a PlayStation if I'm not going to play the exclusives? Because yeah. uh, <laughs> you might as well get them cheaper on Xbox, right? I mean, I didn't play Order 1886. Now that one was cool. Or Knack or what? <laughs> Order 186 or 18? What was it? 1886 or 76? 1886. 1886 was 1886 was cool. Uh, that game was similar to to Knack as it and it didn't really uh, you didn't really evolve as a as a uh, as a player in that game, yeah, yeah. kind of, kind of stagnant. No, no RPG elements. No RPG elements. Uh, yeah, just. But the story was so cool. Like it was a really yeah. unique story. So I, I liked 1886, and it was short enough to not get frustrating. Whereas I'm looking oh, at yeah. Mac, and it's like 10 to 15 hours. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was like, oh cool. I'm like on, you know, the fourth mission, uh, and each mission has like five missions within it, right? So it's like. Four one four two four three four, you know. So I was like, okay, I, maybe there's five, and I'm close to beating it. Nope, there's thirteen, <laughs> and I'm on four, and I was getting frustrated. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I wish. Yeah, I, I just don't have time. You're right. I should stop playing it because <laughs> I, I might as well play better exclusive. Like I still haven't beaten Bl- Bloodborne, so I should probably just switch to that. What the heck? I know. That why, am I, hard. why am I playing that? Yeah, that game's hard. You have to stick with that. You can't jump in and out of Bloodborne. Yeah, I've been kind of waiting game. for the PS5 because I want to. I want, oh yeah, because of the load times. Everyone said the load times sucked. No, on, they fixed them pretty quickly. Did they? Okay, yeah. but but even still, they'll they'll be faster on PS5. They'll oh be yeah, they, almost instant. Yeah. So yeah, it will be better. a game like that. You kind of need instant load time because I heard that you continually die in the same areas. So. Um, Definitely, yeah. So I don't know where you haven't played some of the top uh, PlayStation exclusives, like Knack, or I mean, I guess Knack's not a top one, but uh, I mean, I haven't played Knack, or I don't know. I played the main ones. I played Horizon, God of War, Spider Man, Bloodborne, Bloodborne. Finished that. Uh, Uncharted, Last of Us. Yeah, Uncharted Four, Last of Us Two. Yeah, I guess I all, Death Stranding. Yeah, I have a I second party, but whatever. Oh, Destro. Oh, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I figured I'd towards the end. It's towards the end of the generation, right? So I've already played all the major ones. I figured I'd jump into the, some of the smaller ones, but I realized really quickly that yeah, that's why they're the smaller ones or the less liked ones because <laughs> they they weren't as good. You know, uh, I do want to jump into. Or I want to continue. What was the game I mentioned on like the first or second episode? I don't know. Yeah, I'm forgetting the name. It's a indie title, but it's PlayStation exclusive. Um, it's with paint. You like paint all the walls and such. Um, anyways, but yeah, yeah, I'm trying to. I'll probably stop with Knack and go on. But anyways, let's move on because I've talked way too much about Knack. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, you'll probably not hear about it again because I'm done. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, now, you'll like this next one. I know this next one's kind of funny. Uh, another one that I jumped into was uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Oh, have you played the first one? No. Because the oh. first. <laughs> hold on. The first one was like in early 2000s. Yeah, it's a PS3 360 game. I don't think it's even on. I think it's on, it's on Xbox One backwards compatible. No, the first first one. There's like oh yeah, I don't count those. There's like the new reboots. Oh, okay, like the 2011 one yeah. or something. No, no I have can, not played that. Yeah, you could totally uh, play Human Revolution. Okay, and understand everything. 
and then Mankind Divided. Okay, but yeah, the game you're playing. Have you how much have you played? So that's the funny part is I only ended up playing like one or two missions. Yeah. Um, the, the gameplay is great. Gameplay is interesting to me. Like the stealth is so good in that game. Yeah, it's- I ended up. I actually don't think I would. Maybe if I sat with it a little bit longer, I'd be more of a fan of this type of mechanic, but. I noticed, at least in the first mission, every time I went to go attack someone, it turned into like a movie cutscene. Yeah, that's what it does. When you, yeah, when you take people down, it does a little cutscene. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I was a fan of that because I, <laughs> I, I felt like I went from like first person to third person and back to first person. It was kind of disorienting. Um, I, I, I'm used to Splinter Cell or the faster uh, stealth games where. Uh, you can move from enemy to enemy, like even a dishonored dishonored one and two, you just move from enemy to enemy, like a really fluid motion. Yeah. And I felt like I couldn't quite do that with this game. It was a lot more. Uh, well, I mean, it feels, it feels like the old splinter cells. It feels very slow paced. It's slower paced. Yes. But, but the early splinter cells weren't fluid and quick. Like the new ones are, but I had more agency, like player agency over Sam Fisher than I did with this guy. Okay. I've, at least that's what I felt after only playing two missions. You know, maybe I would get more used to it. But the game, yeah, the game is very much like old school stealth, uh, which yeah. I appreciated. Um, first person stealth has never really been my thing. Dishonored was an exception. Uh, but like Thief, I never really, I didn't get into Thief or any other first person stealth game. So it's a little bit different uh, and hard to get used to. But because with stealth, I like to see the character and his movements uh, <laughs> and uh, see the area around him a little bit better, you know? Yeah, and I was talking to you off the air about another game I played this week I forgot to mention with Star Wars Squadrons. Ooh. And you were talking about how you hate you. I was just talking to you about what the game is and how it's, you know, it's just mostly just a multiplayer uh Star Wars dogfighting game, mm-hmm. and it's all first person. And you were like, "Ooh, <laughs> you were all yeah, all down about it being first person only." Yeah, because it's hard. It's definitely a different skill set when you're yeah. first person flight or first person uh, stealth. Uh, first person shooter, I can I obviously obviously like a lot better, but I feel like that's a little bit easier. But stealth and flight, there's just a different. Uh, move set right no oh, yeah i mean when i play a flying game i always have it in third person but yeah. i'm already kind of used to it in first person anyway so i yeah so maybe right after this we can go into that for a couple seconds or a couple yeah. minutes because i definitely want to hear more about that but anyways i jumped into that there's the deus with deus ex <laughs> there is on mankind divided um they were like hey do you want to catch up on the story i was like sure 12 and a half minutes later, they, they <laughs> it was like a whole mini movie uh, that they make you watch. They didn't make it, but anyways, I watched it. I didn't know it was going to be that long. And uh, it was interesting. It was like a kind of cyberpunky, right? Uh, uh, cybernetic enhancements to the human body. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, pe- people were, I guess the whole like background of that story is, you know, everyone was getting these cybernetic enhancements, but then there was a group of people that were like, Hey, you know, pure humans are the best, you know? So, uh, like no cyber enhancements. Uh, and then there was a whole, like, uh, 
I guess you wouldn't call it a race war, but I don't know what you would call it, but uh, between, you know, cybernetics and, you know, humans, pure humans. Yeah. And, and um, there was some like death, uh, death switch that happened uh, at some point. They call they called it like, uh, I don't know the, like a, some, uh, they had a name for it, but basically it was a, a, a certain day uh, where they just like uh, flipped a death switch and everyone that had enhancements just went nuts and started like killing everyone around them. Yeah. So that's kind of the background of the story. It seemed really cool. Is it, I mean, I watched all 12 minutes, so um, the game seems really cool to jump into, but it's just for me right now, it's too much, you know, too, too intense. I'll, I'll come back to it when I have a little bit more time or more mental space for it. Too intense. Put that quote on the box. It's too intense right now, man. I got other things, you know, I, I want I want my Mario thirty five, you know. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens when you jump into like all these different games at once. You're right. Yeah, I'm just like uh, I can't handle a whole new gameplay style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I uh, so the next one I'll I'll go through this one really quick. Rhyme. Have you ever played Rhyme or heard of Rhyme? Uh, nope. It's an indie game. Uh, our good friend Evan actually reviewed it when he was at EGM. Uh, I remember reading his review and thinking, "Oh, that's cool." You know, he's oh. he's a games reviewer now. But uh, I think <laughs> he he gave it a uh, good praise, I believe, if I'm if I recall. Okay. Um, and it is a cool game. It's a it's all about puzzles, and you just kind of wake up on this beach, on this random island, and you just have to complete different puzzles. Um, I got through, there's like a giant area and you have to go do like three or four different things and then it opens up the next area, right? Uh, and they seemed cool and they got harder and harder as I went through. But um, yeah, so that's another, that's a cool game. I probably won't finish it, you know. Yeah. But it's a, that's a cool one to jump into if, if you have it for free on Game Pass or, or something. Uh, it's a cool little Is it on Game Pass? I think it was... If, Okay. I think it was. But I think they might have taken it off. But what are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing it on PlayStation because I got okay. it for free. When did I get it? I got it for free on PS Plus, I believe. Oh, okay. Maybe so, I have it then. I don't know. You might have it. Yeah, it's a cool little indie game. Cool art style. Um, kind of a Breath of the Wild ish art yeah. style before Breath of the Wild, I believe, or around that same time. Okay. Uh, but okay. So uh, besides those three games and uh, and then Mario Thirty Five, I've been playing a ton of Rogue Company. Have you heard of this game? No. Rogue Company. <laughs> now this is the game that I put maybe you know five to ten hours into this week. Um, this game is similar to. It's a free to play game right now, right? It's free to play, but it's one of those like it, it's kind of like Rainbow Six Siege where there's multiple characters uh, that each have their own weapon set and skill set uh, that you can unlock. Um, and if you unlock them, you can play them. But it gives you like four or five to start on the free version. Um, and the way this game is, it's a really simple hook. It's basically Counter-Strike mixed with Fortnite. Um, sounds like uh what's it called what's that pc game everybody's playing yeah valorant. yeah, yeah. Valorant. so i think it might i mean it came out around the same time uh i think it's been around a while on pc but they just did a console launch for free so 
Um, maybe my brothers played this or anyone else out there who has played it on PC, you might know a little bit more, but you know, I played five to 10 hours. Basically the counter-strike element of it is it's round based and you earn cash throughout the game and you, between each round, you go back up to this like little hovercraft thing that's hovering above the level and you can buy weapons, you know, and buy upgrades to you know uh, your abilities you could buy grenades you know uh so the further along the match gets the better you become right yeah and i get in turn everyone else is becoming better as well so you have to be you have to be smart on when and how you spend your money so that's the kind of the counter-strike part of it uh it is third person and it kind of looks more like four favorite uh, no, I'm a first. <laughs> that's, the thing. that's the thing. For a competitive shooters, I'm a first person guy. But for stealth okay. action game, I'm a third person. You know, so yeah. Um, but it is third person. But it's the most honestly, it's the most competitive third person. Besides, actually, probably even more than Gears of War. It's a uh, competitive first or third person shooter out there. Uh, Gears of War. Uh, anyways, it's like uh, Fortnite aesthetics. Okay. Kind of cartoony looking characters, not as dramatic, more based in realism, but still have that kind of funny, you know, kind of cartoonish look. Um, each character is very uh, unique and different, though, which I okay. which I love. Just a ton of representation um, and a ton of just per- like big personality characters. Um even more so than Siege. Siege, some of the characters can be the same, right? They don't really have personalities as much. The, they gave these characters a lot more personality. The Fortnite aspect of it, which I thought was hilarious because it's not much like Fortnite besides the third-person kind of cartoonish look. And then uh, there's a dance. Like, you could, you know, you have your little dance. I guess every game has that now, right? But <laughs> yeah. you do a dance, but it does the Fortnite thing where it starts bumping some tunes right behind your dance, right? Like you hit the dance button and you start dancing to some beat, you know? Yeah. Um, similar to Fortnite. So there's that. But then also the other Fortnite thing is both teams are hovering above the map on either side of the map. And when, it, you know, it's like three, two, one, and then it opens up the gate to the hovercraft and you jump out of the hovercraft and you fly down Fortnite style, like with wings and such into the map. But it's really, it's a lot quicker than a Fortnite drop. So, oh, okay. so it's like a quick, like, you know, maybe f- four or five seconds and you hit the ground, but it's a small map, right? So you, you can't quite get to the other side of the map or anything, right? It's more of uh, you start up in the air and you could kind of choose left, middle or right. I think most maps kind of look like that. Like you could kind of choose which area you want to go into first, but it's, you know, it's objective based, uh, uh, competitive third person shooter. So, uh, I had a ton of fun with it. I like, honestly, probably multiplayer game of the year as of now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Besides, just, I mean, I don't know what else has come out this year. I mean, Mario 35, <laughs> I guess, is multiplayer, but I'm, I'm talking more like, like yeah, traditional you multiplayer, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but the hook of it is there's each character has a cool move set. Like this one girl can throw a knife that you can kind of set, 
you could throw a knife against a wall and then it's proximity based and it explodes. So I usually, I, I, I would throw it against the wall next to the objective and then someone would try to like disarm the bomb or something and uh, they'd blow up and stuff. So there's cool moves like that. There's other people have like giant barriers they put up or uh, uh, one character puts a, a barbed wire on the ground, kind of like siege, but uh, it's a, in a bigger area and it does like electric damage to the, the people. So it slows them yeah. down. So there's, there's cool futuristic stuff like that. Each character has a hook to them and each character has their own weapon set. You can't change it out, which I actually like. I love this because it's, it's like the old days, pick a gun and go. Uh, <laughs> you, you pick a character and just you're, that's your character. You're not going to like the only customization is, each weapon and ability that he has specifically you can choose to upgrade you know throughout the match to uh however you want you know so it, it, each character has two two primary weapons so if you like more of a dmr or if you like a automatic rifle you can you know choose based off of that that's that's as much choice as you get though you're not picking your own you know M- ar15 or something <laughs> you're not picking in customizing it or anything so uh, that's also on PS4. This is on PS4. This is on Switch. This is on Xbox. This is on I'm pretty sure PC. So it's I'm pretty and it's cross cross play and cross save. Oh, cool. Now I might have to look that up after the show, but I'm pretty sure cross play. I know for sure cross save. Yeah, there's a lot of crossplay games now. It's nice. Yeah, I'm I'm liking the way the industry is going with that. Um, but anyways, this dude, I want. I mean, you should jump into this game with me. I, it is it is the hook of Siege without the commitment of getting good at it. Does that make sense? Like Siege, I felt like there was a huge, even like learning curve for beginners, right? Yeah. Uh, you're just going to get wrecked right in the beginning, but because it has the Counter Strike system where you're everyone starts with a pistol, and then you kind of buy and upgrade weapons from that, it's a lot more even in that way. Um, and the each match feels like a whole like a whole separate thing. Like I never did the same thing twice. Um, yeah, it's a, it's just a fun game. Definitely check that out. It's for free. You know, it's you can get it for free on whatever system you're playing on. So. Check it out. Free to play. Free to play. Yep. Uh, Check it out. It has, you know, dances and emotes and, and uh, different skins will, that you can purchase or earn in game. So there's cool things about it, (laughs) but that it was funny because I was, I was like, Oh man, I should jump into Bloodborne or something more serious. Uh, And then this game just randomly dropped last weekend and I downloaded it and I've just haven't stopped playing. So it's, it's got me. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a fun. It's a fun one. Um, there's probably a lot more to it that I'm missing, but I think I got a good gist of uh, what I played five to ten hours. So sounds fun. Yeah, you yeah. played that a lot for a multiplayer game. Yeah. The, uh, compared to the other games you played. Yeah. Did, uh, did you play anything else? That was it. That was I mostly played 35 Mario 35 and Rogue Company. The other yeah. three games I jumped into like Knack and Rhyme and Deus Ex were just uh just you know maybe an hour each at the yeah. most so yeah and just to touch on briefly star wars squadrons is fun there was a news story that came out today actually in between um me recording the first half and this half there was a news story that came out that said 
that they're not going to be adding any post-launch content to the game. What? I know, that kind of bummed me out. But, I mean, there is a decent amount in there. Um, and as it goes on sale and as it gets cheaper, it'll be worth it. But, I mean, as it is, it's fun, and I think it's good. I don't know if it's worth $40, especially with the, you know, there's nothing else coming to it, <laughs> you know? Hmm. I was kind of hoping they had new ship you, types. You don't think what's there is worth $40? Or I, I think it you is. Think for some, really... Maybe for some people it is, if you really like that style of game. Yeah, for some people it wouldn't be. It's very flight simmy. It's not like arcadey at all. So you know, it's, it can. Uh, it's a difficult, steep learning curve. I don't know, steep. It's just not. You're not going to pick it up right. Like when every time I play it, I'm like, oh, God, I have to relearn how to play it every time. <laughs> it's because it's not. You know, it's not like playing Battlefront. It's not. You don't just jump in a ship and just fly it around. You you know the left stick yeah. controls the throttle. And then the right stick controls, you know, like a flight. If you had a flight stick on the right stick, um, mm-hmm. and then there's all the different, uh, the two game types. There's just the dogfight game type, and there's a fleet battle game type. So there's only two okay. modes. There's wow. that. So four that surprises me. You yeah, think they there's would two modes. Add... Yeah. yeah, you think they'd add more modes, but yeah, I don't know. They said they're not adding anything, so we'll see. Maybe people complain enough, and they will add something, but. The two modes there are fun. The fleet battle mode's fun. You're like shooting down. You're trying to take turns destroying each other's little fleets of yeah. ships. Hard to describe. It's fun. You should, people should watch you said the game. There's four, there's four different ships. I'm assuming those are like classes. Yeah, there's the, the regular classes. like X Wing and TIE Fighter class. And then there's the A Wing and TIE Interceptor. Those are both their own class. And then the Y Wing and TIE Bomber are in their own little bomber class. And then there's two ships in the support class. I can't remember what the Imperial ship was called, but then the Rebel ship is called the U-Wing. It's not really the in the movies. Yeah, you can send like health and supplies to the, your friendlies. Huh. Can you but heal yeah. your your big ship or whatever it's called? The whatever base no, you're the, battle, the base ship? No, you can't heal that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's designed as a VR game. So like I said earlier, it's first person only. It was yeah, it was made as a VR game, and you can tell when you play it, especially the uh, the moments in the story where there's you know story beats happening. You're talking to people. You don't walk around the ship. You you know, look around and then click on stuff. So yeah. it's very obviously a VR game, but it's very fun. Uh, highly recommend it, especially if you. I mean, if you have a PSVR, you can play it. You can play it on VR. So that's awesome. It's on it's on PC, obviously, for all the supportive VR things. Maybe it's on that Oculus Quest 2 thing we were talking about a couple weeks ago, but it's cool. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm assuming it's yeah, it's the Star Wars license, and it's made by e- EA, published by EA, right? Published by EA. I think, I forget who developed it. It was made by so, like a team at DICE or something. I'm sure they have all the the assets, the, the good, high-quality Star Wars assets like a Star Wars Battlefront had, right? As far do, as the yeah. sound sound quality level design uh or ship design and all that right i could totally uh, see them taking this music mode and putting the, it I'm, there's got to be star wars music right? yeah there's star wars music in it um okay. i could totally see them just taking this mode and putting it in battlefront 3 Ooh. just because it's such a solid flight you know space battles and everything i could totally see yeah. them just putting it in there that'd be really that'd be really cool 
Battlefront Maybe, Three. I didn't even think about Battlefront Three existing. But. I mean, it's probably existing. I have to imagine it's probably in development. Yeah, yeah. Because the ba- Battlefront Two, a lot of people didn't play. I played a ton of though. I actually really liked it, especially after they fixed everything. But um, they had a really solid flight, uh, you know, mode in in those games. So yeah. I, the uh, the second, so the first one, I can't remember. I don't think first one had flight uh space battles but the second one i remember you could either do just a flight mode where you're uh you know 8v8 and you just have to wipe out the other enemy team or defend defend a ship but there was also the mixed battles which i thought were really cool where you start out in space and you're defending something and then if the enemy breaks through that line then you have to all you know board the ship because the enemy's boarding the ship and you have to retreat back onto the ship and and defend it you know back in first person or third person or whatever like on the ground right so they had like multiple stages uh that was a really cool mode but i could see that if they just add this into battlefront 3 you know as a as a selling point like hey so um david from california actually yeah he um he actually really loves star wars and uh i remember he always loved all the star wars games when we were kids growing up uh, he, I've seen him on PlayStation Four playing Star Wars Squadrons as well. So, I wonder if he has anything uh, to say about that. Maybe David can <laughs> can text me or write in next week um, about if he has any more input on it. Uh, bef- you know, because I'll I'm eventually going to buy the game. Uh, yeah, I might wait a little bit. I, I kind of hoping it's coming to EA Play. You know, by the time EA Play oh, comes yeah, out. Oh, yeah, probably would. Maybe in like three months or whatever. Yeah, which could be, what, December or January, right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that'd be cool. So anyways, uh, David writes in to ADA Gaming Pod, just like you can, uh, <laughs> and says, so Josh brought up XCOM 2 and said it isn't for him. I couldn't really get into it either. However... I do highly recommend checking out Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle on the Switch, if you haven't already. It's another turn-based tactical combat game, but it has that Nintendo magic, and it is so much fun. In fact, here's an article from the creative director for XCOM on his feelings about this game. Uh, I'll put a quote from it, but I recommend reading the article. It's not very long anyway quote from the article it says playing mario plus rabbits kingdom battle i had many moments where i laughed out loud or felt a twinge of jealousy at a particularly clever mechanic or felt that most coveted gaming moment the exhilaration of a worthy challenge finally overcome all of this happened in a game in a genre i supposedly know as uh, intimately as anyone can end quote so yeah, I never actually played Mario Plus Rabbids. I saw a lot of gameplay of it, um, and it it does look more fun than honestly XCOM. XCOM's uh, a cool game, and it's very serious and um, kind of intense with the story and everything. But uh, Mario Plus Rabbids looks a lot more funny and light and whimsical. Yeah. Uh, probably more up my alley at this point in time, you know. Um, so I I'm, I put it on my wish list for my Switch. So hopefully the game gets hard. Does it? Fun, <laughs> okay, yeah. so you've played it. Yeah, I played um, it. Yeah, Mario Rabbids. I love the XCOM games, and I love Mario Rabbids. 
I didn't even finish Mario Rabbids. I got to the second to last level, I think it was. Oh, wow. Um, I I kept wanting to go back. I, I could beat it. I just never went back to it, never stuck with it. But yeah, that game gets hard. I don't know if it's as hard as the XCOM games, but it's fun. It's the same exact game, like the cover system. Really? Yeah. It's just got like, like little... move type, like the movement. Yeah, except you pick uh, like the Mario characters or rabbit characters, and they each have their own special moves and weapons and unique things, as opposed to like a you know a soldier class or a medic class that it has in XCOM. Is it Mario? Mario is, is it Mario versus rabbits, or what are you? Are you playing? No, as... Mario and rabbits are working together. Oh, okay. But against who? I... I don't remember. <laughs> <Since so long. laughs> I'm guessing uh, some minions of uh, yeah, yeah, the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> the mushroom, yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for writing in, David. Yeah, it, that's it. Seems fun, and it seems more up my alley, and it, probably more accessible from what I've seen on online. But yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it for listener questions or comments. <laughs> wow! No, uh, no ATV Offroad Fury or MX Unleashed. Oh, chat. We this almost week. went a whole episode without even mentioning it, but I guess I don't know. We, we not we might not have mentioned it last week. I can't uh, remember. The episodes are starting to blur together in my yeah, mind. Yeah, we might have made a quick joke about it. <laughs> Maybe I probably uh, did, like, or in the know. listener mail or something. Oh, we didn't have any last week, huh? Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so maybe we did skip an episode. Oh man. Yeah, everybody should write in. Uh, wait, I did see. <laughs> what was it? I was on. Uh, I think it's on PS Now. I was kind of looking through PS Now. It might be on Game Pass as well. But I did see the new ATV off-road, you know, game that they have out. I don't know. <laughs> and it was on there, and I was like, oh man, I'm probably going to be a sucker and get this. <laughs> so yeah anyways uh you guys, it's, one of the, it's a new one or is it one of the old ones it looks like one of the newer ones because i never i didn't recognize the the cover art or anything about the name so okay it's on ps now which is kind of the yeah. game pass of playstation which yep. is it's a far less superior version of it <laughs> anyway. um, oh uh, also, for people like David or you know anyone that loves these kind of sim flight games, we know Microsoft Flight Simulator Simulator is coming out for Game Pass soon, or is already out. I can't quite remember. Is that coming to Xbox? It's coming to Xbox. Yeah, and they're saying oh, I, I think they're saying day one with Xbox Series X. Oh, okay. Um, so that's a flight sim you can look out for. And yeah, I've heard really good things about it. Like everything's like the, you just fly around anywhere in the world and it, it has it. I think it uses like Google maps or something. So you can, I tried downloading it on my computer and I couldn't get it to work. It was really oh, glitchy. Really? Okay. But yeah, other people, it might be better now. They might've patched it. Yeah. I've been meaning to go back to it at some point. So that's a more intense one, but something more up, uh, like star Wars squadrons, similar to star Wars squadrons. Um, I noticed Rebel Galaxy Outlaw came out. So for, you know, especially for David, if you liked Squadrons, check out Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. The first game, Rebel Galaxy, was uh, not the same. It was kind of more of a, you're kind of a giant ship that you have to move around space, and it's all on a flat plane. 
uh, almost like the ocean, but they just put it in space. But this new one, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, looks a lot more like Squadrons, you know, in the first-person space sim shooter. So uh, looks that, that one looks really cool, too. I'll probably I want to jump into that as well. It's got a 78 on Metacritic. Uh, so good, you know. Good, not not horrible, but not excellent, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, if you like those games, you like those games, you know. They're, this one looks fun, so... Uh, yeah, if you want, if you guys want, uh, we kind of don't really do this that often, but, uh, feel free to write us at, um, at our email address at adagamingpod at gmail.com, or you could follow us on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at adagamingpod or a discourse about gaming. You could probably type that in and find us, uh, on YouTube as well, a discourse about gaming. You can listen to the episodes eventually on YouTube. I want to push for some let's plays. So we might have some of that content going up. But yeah, that's where you can find us. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully this episode wasn't too weird. It would be, yeah, being split. I don't even know what happened in the first 30 minutes. So I know. It could, be just, it could be me just you know going insane, having a meltdown. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited <laughs> just, to check it out. It's just me screeching into the microphone. <laughs> for 30 minutes. I apologize in advance, and I'm not, I don't know this man. <laughs> come back next week where it'll be just josh and i fired <laughs> fired from this this project that we don't even get paid for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay well hey thanks for joining right. us guys this, this has been a discourse about gaming farewell everybody